of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Good morning from Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Media Days. We are live on the field. I'm at, Nick, I'm about the 37-yard line. That's not a bad spot. On the uh, east side of the stadium, I am riding solo. Nick's going to be with me a sip. Uh, just to give you the lowdown <laughs> before we get into the sponsors and everything and the full day ahead. So, Sip would be here, obviously, but... Travel is an issue when you're mm-hmm. flying nowadays, and Sip was flying from Omaha to Charlotte to Indianapolis. As you guys know, if you've flown this year, there's a lot of flight issues. So Sip got to Charlotte, and then the flight to Indianapolis was canceled. And then another flight mm-hmm. to Cincinnati was canceled. I get a text as I wake up at like 1 a.m. saying, hey, we're about to get to the airport in Cincy. I got two more hours to go. So needless to say... Sip rolled into Indiana, you know, Indianapolis about mm, 3 or 4 a.m., so we're going to give him the morning off. He might show up at some point in the second part of the show. Mm-hmm. But right now, Jake Sorensen riding solo with Nick Sainert back at the studio. Nick, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, Jake. It's an exciting day. Like I think there's a lot of Husker fans, including myself, that I think we're ready for today. Now, how much are we going to hear from Scott Frost? How much are we going to be able to – to really take away from what we hear today. Nebraska's obviously the first team to talk at 11.15. I know you're going to kind of go through that rundown here in a second, but Nebraska's the first team to talk, and we know uh, Garrett Nelson, Quentin Newsom, and Travis Vogelick are the three Huskers that uh, traveled or will be traveling with head coach Scott Frost. Trev Alberts will be in attendance. So I'm curious to kind of hear things about Nebraska's offense. I'm I'm curious to hear. I think I'm sure Scott Frost will be asked a lot of questions about Mark Whipple about the transfers, maybe even about Casey Thompson. So, I, I, you know, how much are we going to be able to read into what we hear from head coach Scott Frost today? Probably a whole not a, a whole not a whole lot, but um, you know, it's it's the start of a season. They start fall camp today, and and we're we're getting close to the first day of the season, August twenty seventh. Yeah, we are. By the way, coverage of media days is brought to you. On the ticket by Gary Michaels Clothiers, specializing in tailored clothing for men. Gary Michaels will help you look and feel your best in Lincoln at 56 and Pine Lake. And Ben Bleicher, a professional realty group with BHHS Real Estate. Contact Ben and his team for all your questions on buying and selling real estate in and around Lincoln. Call 402-419-6309 or go to prg-ne.com. Let's get to What's look, coming today, Nick? You mentioned a little bit there regarding uh, the schedule of events. So Nebraska, as you as you found out late last week, mm-hmm. is doing their own thing. Now, typically, you're going to have you know you're going to have individual podiums with athletes and players that are on the side from one fifteen to five. Nebraska will not be part of that. Nebraska has their own special thing. And, and by the way, Nick. Uh, it's weird to me because it's 7 a.m. out here. Like, I'm used to 6 a.m. Oh, I kind of freaked yes, out a little bit. Oh, yes, that's like, right. Oh, it's 6, I'm still in bed, or I'm getting to the stadium. Uh, it's 7 a.m. here. So if I mess up, I, I got this all in Eastern time. I, I will try to put this okay. in Central time. So pardon me if I get this wrong. That's uh, right. But Nebraska's student athletes will be at the podium, individual podium, from 8.15 our time to 9.15. And Scott Frost will be there from 8.30 to 915 
Uh, we'll hear from Kevin Warren from 10:15 to 11 at the press conference to kick things off. Um, and then press conferences with coaches from 11 a.m. to 12, I guess from 10 to 11.45. That'll be Frost to start things off from 10 to 10.15. Mike Lotze from Maryland from 10.15 to 10.30. P.J. Fleck, Minnesota from 10.30 to 10.45. Kirk Ferentz from Iowa, 10.45 to 11. Tom Allen, Indiana from 11 to 11.15. Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern, 11.15 to 11.30. And Jim Harbaugh right before lunchtime, 11.30 to 11.45, and lunch, and then, again, the podiums in the afternoon. But, okay, so, Nick, let's start right there. So we'll get to Nebraska in a second. But mm-hmm. of these coaches, Scott Frost, Mike Loxley, P.J. Fleck, Kirk Ferentz, Tom Allen, Pat Fitzgerald, Jim Harbaugh, who are you most curious to hear from? Like, who, who's had the most interesting offseason, maybe the most interesting year ahead of those besides I guess Scott Frost yeah absolutely yeah obviously we're more the most interested in Scott Frost uh, most looking forward to Scott Frost I I mean I think right off the bat you gravitate towards Jim Harbaugh maybe because of the name um, but also second Michigan's an interesting position because obviously Cleveland.com released their their preseason poll like they do every year Ohio State unanimously was voted to win the Big Ten Conference once again this year. And Michigan's coming off of a Big Ten championship season. They're coming off of a college football playoff uh, appearance where they got stomped in the semifinal game. Um, And now they're rolling in with kind of two quarterbacks. So I'm kind of interested to see what, and I mean, let's be real, Michigan's also one of Nebraska's opponents later in the season. Nebraska has to go into the big house in Ann Arbor. So Michigan's an interesting story because they return Blake Corum at running back, but then also at quarterback, they have to figure out what they want to do. They have Cade McNamara, who's obviously traveling with Michigan to Big Ten Media Days, so you'll be able to hear him in the next 24 hours or hear from him in the next 24 hours. But then they also have to deal with a high-level recruit in J.J. McCarthy, who saw some some of the field uh, last time or last season, excuse me, and they need to figure out a way to incorporate him in the offense without completely freezing out Cade McNamara. So trying to hear how they're going to approach that with utilizing Blake Corm out of the backfield and using both Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy at quarterback is kind of fascinating for me personally when they just won the Big Ten last year and now Ohio State's a unanimous favorite to win it this this year. Let's let's not forget. I mean, I think people almost forgot this. Nick, stay with Michigan for a second. Yeah. You mentioned all the the quarterback drama, McCarthy, McNamara. They won the they won the conference. Oh, by the way, the media poll came out yesterday, and Michigan, the conference champs last year, not a single vote to win the East. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and, and understandably so. Ohio State had in all thirty six votes. We understand why they have a great team, even mm-hmm. though they lost Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They just reload and already have great talent, but but. Don't forget, man. I mean, there was rumors for a long time this offseason about Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL. I mean, the Dolphins, right. the Vikings, <laughs> the Dolphins and Vikings both yeah. thought they, they, you know, at least there was rumors for a while that they thought they were going to have Jim Harbaugh as their coach following a great year of him getting to the playoff in college football. But that kind of has been buried. You haven't heard from that for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if people bring it up today, if they remember that, or if it gets buried again. Um, but but certainly he's got to answer some questions about those rumors, which were, were which were very rampant well, think during of, the off season. Think about the last two off seasons with a season meshed in between there for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, just two years ago, he was in the same position that Scott Frost was in, is in this right now currently. Um, gets a reduced salary and is 
pr- frankly, on the hot seat. Needs to beat Ohio State, right? We know that in Michigan, the only thing that matters more than anything is that you need to beat Ohio State eventually. And, and they did that last year, so, I mean, give them credit for that. But he was on the hot seat two, two off-seasons ago. He was in a similar position. He took a, a smaller salary for Michigan to keep him, restructured his contract, and then he takes him to a playoff. I'll ask you, Jake, do you think Harbaugh's hit his ceiling at Michigan? Yeah, I, I, I do, Nick. I really do. I don't, I don't think that you can ever like overcome Ohio State. They are, they are I think so, so good. Ohio State, and, I, I, and I'll say this, I don't think Ryan Day – is like the greatest coach in America. I have my no. questions about him still. He, he, he had a, a three, you know, ten win season last year, eleven win season. That, that's not exactly what they're looking for. They they expect national championship every year. And I guess Michigan maybe feels the same way, but they haven't done it. Like they have a false expectation, and I don't, they don't know what their reality actually is. Whereas Ohio State is, is in the playoff more often than not, and they haven't won a title since 2014 for a mm-hmm. national title. But they played for the title. In 2020, got blown out by Alabama, but they were there um, after a very impressive win against Clemson to, to reach that title game. Um, but yeah, but I, I don't. Yeah, I do believe he's reached the ceiling. I I would be stunned if you see him go on a run of winning conference titles and consistently knocking off Ohio State without other blurb losses in the middle of the season. That's why I think the whole NFL rumors it were, sense. were it so fascinating sense. because. Like, you sat back and you go, oh, there's no way Jim Harbaugh has a cushy job at Michigan now. But if you really think about it, like, he finally beat Ohio State, he wins the Big Ten title game, and then gets embarrassed in the playoff to Georgia. And on, on one of the biggest stage, the top three biggest stage in college football, obviously one of the college football playoff semifinal games. So I just feel like they, that, that Jim Harbaugh's hit his ceiling. So the NFL rumors were kind of fascinating and and – they had a they had a right to be brought up, I think. So it is going to be interesting. I was just bringing, I was looking this up actually before the show, uh, before I even knew that I was going to help you out today. And <laughs> thank you, Nick. Yeah, no problem. And Maybe so we'll show up at some point. Yeah, exactly. Well, and DP will trickle in, and everybody I'll that we here. brought. Yeah, exactly. We're not too worried about it. But Ohio State in the last ten years, their lowest rated recruiting class was the fourteenth recruiting class in the country. The next lowest for them and, and was... How many years is that? How many years is that? In the last 10 years. So in the, the last... worst is 14. Their worst is 14. So here, here's the thing. Um, in 2015, they had their second lowest, which, rated, which ranked 8th in the country. In 2019, they had their lowest, which ranked 14th. Other than that, they've ranked 2nd, 4th, 4th, 2nd, 2nd, 5th, 2nd, 4th. And then an average, they, they're the third best recruiting class in the last 10 years. I mean, again, we talked about this the other day. We had Mike Farrell on from MikeFarrellSports.com, mm-hmm. the godfather of recruiting, and we were talking about Ohio State, and he said, you know, they're, they're the only team that consistently, besides teams in the SEC and maybe even Clemson, is pulling talent from the South, like getting elite yeah. talent. And Nebraska gets talent. They get guys, but it's not the blue chips. It's not, it's not the five stars, the high four stars. It's, it's guys that are really good because it's a lot of talent down there, but not – the dudes that Alabama and Georgia both want. And, uh, and and you obviously have fertile ground in Ohio, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, big mm-hmm. areas, big football, Youngstown. I mean, there's a lot of talent. So Ohio State's just never going to go anywhere. They had that one drop-off year when you had Tattoo Gate, Jim Tressel got That's fired, right. Luke Fickle stepped <laughs> in, he wasn't ready yet. Yep. And they go six and seven, and then, and then next year, Nick, with sanctions, they can't even go anywhere. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's the year that Nebraska – 
played in the Big Ten title game in this stadium and got beat 70-31, to they won the division. They were 12-0, and and they couldn't go because that's, that's right. of Tatuka. And then Penn State was second. They couldn't go because of Sandusky stuff. And then, you know, th- third so, place was so they, they bring on Wisconsin with uh, the one, yeah, it, with whatever quarterback they had that, 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 that was, game. Oh, it was Kurt Phillips. Um, Nick. Kurt Phillips. Kurt, I kept wanting to say so, Joel Stavi, but I no, knew that Joel was incorrect. Stavi, I don't know if he was there yet. But I, that's why it's weird because this is my first time. So I was at that game. I was calling the game for uh, KRNU. That's the, right. You've told me that. Station. I have not been here ever since. And I just remember, <laughs> like <laughs> – this is this is bringing this is a it's such a sweet place. I me mean, look at we're we're on the field. Like, yeah. I'm gonna turn this around real quick. Look at this. Like we are, we are on the field mm-hmm. at Lucas Oil Stadium, and this is awesome to be here in Media Row, Radio Row. But my last time here was an absolute nightmare <laughs> because of what happened. Seventy to thirty-one loss field. against and so against I'm Wisconsin. trying to not have uh, you know nightmares while I'm doing the the broadcast here, and I, and I won't because this, this is sweet, but. Mm-hmm. That's what comes into mind. By the way, shoot us a text, 402-464-5685. Let's do a roll call. I know Sip will, will be here in a little bit, hopefully. But I'm here in Indianapolis. Nick is there at the, st- at the ticket, the station. Uh, are you here? You're listening. What's your name? What's your number? Or what's your, how old are you? Not number. How, how old are you? 402-464-5685. Where are you listening from? We're live at uh, Indianapolis Lucas Oil Stadium for Big Ten Media Days. Um, Nick, I saw something yesterday, too. Okay. As we skip to the SEC for one second. And we'll get back to media days. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you probably saw this. I was looking through the uh, preseason all-SEC team. I did not see this. What's up? <laughs> Alabama has 20 players on <laughs> Of the 22? <laughs> or, no, oh, of, okay. like, the of, of, like, of the three teams. Of okay. three teams. Like Georgia and somebody else had nine to tie for second. But <laughs> Alabama had 20 <laughs> players. And you wonder why people have Alabama fatigue. Because... I mean, they lose to Georgia last year, and it's like, oh no, big deal. We're gonna lose some guys to the draft. We're gonna, you know, we're you know, we're gonna we're gonna bounce back. We're gonna have twenty guys <laughs> on the preseason All SEC team. Second place is Georgia with nine. I mean, come on, what are we even doing here? Like that that puts things in such a perspective when you're a Nebraska fan and, and trying to figure out how far away you are. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to depressed people this morning but when you see that kind of stuff of a team that didn't even win the championship last year yeah and they have 20 players on the all SEC team you know three teams there uh, as they head to the season as the as the odds-on favorites win it all it just kind of makes you take a deep breath and say god <laughs> damn man. I was gonna say do you feel like right? this is like a man we got a long ways to go do you get that feeling, or is that? I mean, because that's kind of a del- deflating feeling when you look at this, when you look at it, yeah. and see all these players. See, I don't. It it is like to me. I'll, I'll tell you my instant reaction. I saw the article, and I'm not gonna lie. I laughed. I laughed. Okay. I, said, this, I mean, that's yeah. Like I, sh- it, there's two ways to respond to things like that. It's either it's laughing, saying, "Well, you know, it is what it is," or you can like get pissed, or like you get sad and say, yeah. "Man, we're never gonna get there." But you can't have that view, and I think that stories like last year with, with Cincinnati be, making a making the playoff as a non-group of five team. I mean, they had nine guys get drafted, but that's the stories you got to hope for. And, and I know they got blown out, they got beat badly, but they're the story that says, you know what? If they can do it, we can get back there. And you got to hope mm-hmm. that Ohio State slips up. You know, Michigan. Michigan was was not an awesome team last year, Nick. They were they were good, but they were not like incredible. Nebraska should have beat them. Would you agree with that? 
Nebraska we should have beaten them. Nebraska had, you know, that was Nebraska had the best quarter yeah. of the entire Scott Frost era that third quarter when they put 22 points up on Michigan and mm-hmm. had led going in the fourth quarter. We all know what happened with Adrian Martinez and the fumble and the, you know, missed throw at the uh you know, to Levi Falk across the middle, which Nebraska lost the game. But Michigan was in a lot of close games. They were not a great team. They just had luck on their side. And yeah. I think that's also part of the thing, Nick, is that I'm not saying that it's Scott Frost. You know, he's made a lot of mistakes as a head coach. We all know that. He's, he's, he is on the hot seat de- deservedly so. Mm-hmm. But he also has, has not had the benefit of, like, any breaks at all. Like, there's, no, luck yeah. has not been on Nebraska's side. At all, and you have to ask yourself: like, at what point does the ball bounce your way? What what point do the breaks go your way? You've been in too many close games for it to always go the wrong direction. It's got to be this season. It's got to be, doesn't it? I mean, you're yeah. in year five. How much longer can you can it can it be until they start going your way? Until they start falling your way? I mean, is it going to be know. year nine? It's just. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Michigan was not that great of a team, and we saw that when they got matched up against a Georgia. I always, I'm always curious, you know, um, when it's when it's a Michigan Ohio State game. Like I mentioned that game a couple minutes ago, I always wonder, you know, does the better team always win? Because, or, or if you think about last season, does Michigan win if they have to play at Columbus? Um, does yeah, Michigan does Michigan win if? But but if, here's the thing, Nick. That hasn't mattered though for Ohio State. That is true. They win there. That is they true. Win at, they win at Ann Arbor. They win it at uh, in Columbus. So you could you could you could argue that maybe it matters more for Michigan over than Ohio State. Meaning Ohio State's just the better program in general, which which that's not a a secret at all. But no, I, I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the optimist here. All right, Jake, and yep. uh, maybe it's the Big Ten Media Days Kool Aid flowing in my blood, or oh, or maybe it's the the thirty days out from from August twenty seventh and Nebraska playing in Ireland. But they got to start bouncing at some point. The, the the luck has to start bouncing Nebraska's way at some point, and uh, I, I think it's going to be this season. Nebraska, we're going to be okay. Like it has to. I saw a tweet this morning. I follow this guy. That's a uh, you know an odds. He's he's a He's an odds maker. He's really I saw good this. At betting. This is what uh, I like it's, to it's see. Beating the bookie. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read the, the tweets that he had real quick because that's what I can do. Uh, <laughs> beating the bookie <laughs> this morning said this. He said I sprinkled Nebraska to win the Big Ten West because Adrian Martinez is gone, and most importantly, though they've brought Mark Whipple in who will put up 40 points a game. I don't agree mm-hmm. with that, but yeah, I like the, the, the positivity in a division that lacks scoring and creativity in offense. This is a mas- massive advantage for Go Big Red. He says people counting Nebraska out but not realizing that Mertz, Graham Mertz and Spencer Petras are still taking snaps at a quarterback for Wisconsin and Iowa, two of the lowest ceiling quarterbacks in the conference, guys who will turn it over at the worst times. I agree with that. I mean, there is – I agree. There is um, – God, you talk to so many people, and there's just a weird feeling from a lot of them because I think even, Nick, like the biggest doubters and negative people – Still have like they look at the schedule, they look at what you have. They're saying, and man, they have a sense of optimism just despite five years of no bowl, but despite mm-hmm. three and nine, and it's just so many painful, gut wrenching losses last year. The ones who are the most negative, you still hear a little bit of hope for this year, which is right? which is truly unbelievable. Like I was so actually, I was listening to the afternoon shows when I was just driving around. Actually, after I ran my four hundred meter dash, I don't know if you saw that yesterday. I I, I kind of okay caught a glimpse of that. Anyway, I was driving around after, and I was listening to to Bach and Nathan talk, and and 
I, it made me like realize and sit back like, why do Husker fans continue to have hope? Like how? <laughs> it's more of a question of how, because I, I think else, the, the, the word the word resilience resilient comes to mind, where it's just like, all right, another year, another another time to get excited, another chance to get excited for Huskers. And and I was driving around thinking, actually, I was by Memorial Stadium last night, and I sat there and thought, man. So I'm like, if Nebraska loses one game, the Husker fans are right back at it next week. Like they're they're yep. just right back at it. And, and resilient yeah. is is the best descriptive word, the best yeah. adjective for me. That's why I'm so curious. Like you know, I, I brought this up many times because it it does terrify me, but it also can be a huge you know gain for Nebraska if they go out to Ireland and they come away with either you know a close win or, or let's say they win resoundingly by like exactly. you know, fourteen plus points. Okay, you, first of all, t- a couple things happen there. You get that monkey off your back saying, okay, we're not going to have mm-hmm. an 0-1 start for the, you know, because you know, it happened, the, they lost to the first game to Colorado in Scott Frost's first year. They lost to Illinois last year. Like, that's a monkey on your back. To, to lose the first game just really deflates a lot of things from the get-go. If you're not playing in Alabama I or in Georgia, if you're, if you're playing what is seen as a beatable either non-conference team or a conference team and you lose, that does a lot of, a lot of bad damage to your program. Well, I mean, uh, and your player, especially after five straight years of not making a bowl game, and all this doubt that's crept in. So, if they go out to Ireland and win by ten plus points, or even mm-hmm. win just by seven, just find a way to win. Like, don't have the crippling doubt of okay, when's the shoe going to drop? Yes. When is the bad mistake going to happen? Oh, we avoided it. Mm-hmm. Like, even in a close win, I know people say, okay, hold on, Jake, you're, you're going to be the one harping about a close win against a team you blew out last year. I'm not. Hold me to that. By the way, textures, listeners, hold me to that. If I am harping, saying, oh, they didn't win by enough, please say, you said all July long that no matter how the game goes, if they win, like, we have to accept it and be happy and say we're 1-0 with a very, very strong chance of being 3-0 hosting Oklahoma in mid-September. Well, so there's right? – there, yeah, it's exactly. the little things right now. they got to stack them up. Stack them up. And I said this, you know, throughout the the entire captain show yesterday when I had to go solo, is that I was like, listen, I I think Nebraska fans, including myself, like, if if Nebraska has a boring, disciplined season, we have to be excited. Like, th- th- there's going to be cause for excitement in that because that's something that Nebraska hasn't been able to do in the last four years. They haven't been able to have a, a, a just a boring, simple season. They win the yep. games they're supposed to win. They squeak out one that maybe they're not supposed to win, and you know maybe they finish nine and three or, or eight and four. Like Nebraska fans would welcome that with open arms, in my opinion. And, and you mentioned that you can't start off on on the wrong foot in Nor- in Ireland because, like, think about this, Jake. Um, and we do have a phone call from Vince, so we want to get to Vince. Want to get to Vince here in a second. He's been waiting patiently for the last couple minutes. Um, but you you think about it, Jake. If Nebraska on the off chance loses Northwestern, Ugh. what do you what do you what do you know or what what do you get to learn from games against North Dakota and Georgia Southern? Like it's the same thing as last exactly. Year they, that's they exactly my point. And, and, and they they go beat Fordham, who by the way was a new addition to the, the schedule yep. because they, that was not originally on the schedule. They had to add that to get somebody mm-hmm. in there, so they didn't have a, a buffer week after a loss. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be Southeast Louisiana later yeah, in the you're season. Right, later, you're right. They said no, no, no. We need that game. Yeah, we now. need it now. We got to win. 
Um, because Buffalo is no gimme either and, to beat and, him, but And Ryan Greenhagen, don't forget, the oh linebacker had, had 35 tackles. tackles yeah, exactly. But I no, think he just made a tackle. It's, he just made a tackle right now. Nick exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's still he's still tackling, guys. <laughs> he's in the middle of the field. Oh, but, no, it's just fascinating because, like, I remember going into that Oklahoma game down in Norman. I, I was there, and, like, I was walking in the stadium like, I don't know what team Nebraska is because – how much do you gain or how much do you get to learn from two wins over Georgia Southern and North Dakota? It's going to be the same idea as, as yep. last season. Yep. All right, let's go to the Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. we got Vince. Vince, thanks for being patient. Happy Tuesday morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, fellas. How are you? Good. Good, Vince. Thanks for calling. We're live from Indianapolis. Not in the studio today. Well, well it's funny you talk about being, you know adjusting from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., well, for me, at 7 a.m., I've already been at work for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, because you're an animal, but, uh, Vince. Yeah, see, well, uh, see, well, first of all, I mean, a, a few a few things come to mind. I mean, you guys were talking about, you know, just the uh, overall resilience to Nebraska fans. I mean, I think, I think some of that resilience is twofold. I mean, because, uh, for one, we were anywhere from – very good to great for you know a really long period of time and so as a result i think we we just kind of cling to hope of okay if this has got to end at some point why not this year even if nothing about this year screams breakout season right off you know right off the top and i think also because in the state of nebraska i mean the huskers are mlb nfl and nba all rolled into one whereas you know, we don't have other, you know, other teams that are a distraction if one team's struggling, you know, but, um, but also, Nick, you were talking about how, okay, you know, um, if Nebraska has a boring, simple season, you know, and, and, and let's say on top of that, that involves playing disciplined football mm-hmm. that we presume leads to, say, eight or nine wins, I mean, I agree, that's something that we haven't had for a long time, and I think two things are equally true, you know. I'm, I, I will. There will never be a scenario where I'm into being happy with six and six. On the other mm-hmm. hand, I'm also of the mind, and I've said this, you know, quite a, you know, quite a bit, that this, you know, this whole idea that uh, crept up in the Bo Pelini era and also the Frank Solich and Bill Callahan eras of, well, nine wins ain't good enough. Well, that mindset has to go away if we do get back to it. But you were talking about earlier. Um, getting the breaks, okay? You know, how, okay, at some point the ball has to bounce our way. Well, I have a little bit of a different take on that, and I've heard Frost say, you know, we need a break, we need a break, we need a break. Well, the the problem I have with that argument is it it sounds like a team that wants to wait for the other team to make a mistake. And But this year, though, the mindset has to change. And that mindset has to change. Oh you either oh feel pressure or you apply pressure. And this year, it's time to apply pressure, baby. There it is. Vince always uh, <laughs> ends with uh, a lot of energy there. That was a nice one. Thank you, Vince from Napa. Uh, we have another caller on the line as we try to – it's a lot of energy to take in. It's, it you know, is. It's just I like, like a it. volcano. He, kinda, he builds up and then boom. Just explodes. all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Uh, we've got Bob also in the line. Bob, you are on early break live from Indianapolis at Media Days. Go ahead, man. Hey, guys, I have a question for you. All right. When does football season start? Right now. Wrong. You lost. 
It starts in January 1st in winter conditions. <laughs> okay, okay. okay, fair enough. All right, That's when it fair. starts, okay? You better, get, you better get yourselves ready at that point, okay? <laughs> That's first quarter. Second quarter yep. is the summer. That's 7-on-7. Seven mm-hmm. seven. That's continuity. That is chemistry with the players, okay? And then third quarter is now getting ready for the season. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter is when the season starts, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can yep. start. Okay. Now, I trust these players are getting themselves ready, have been doing the studying. Now, these coaches aren't waiting until now to get things going, okay? They've, they've been working on it. And the players have gotten uh, – have better uh, been in the playbook and have better been studying, okay? Because I tell you what, and I trust they have been doing their work. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what – what you guys say about this coaching staff, okay? Because this coaching staff is undefeated. Because this coaching half of them haven't even been here, okay? This is their first year. So the whole coaching staff hasn't been together, okay? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, there is nothing wrong. There is nothing that, that, that you can show me that says that Nebraska cannot win it all. And Michigan did last year. Nebraska can do it this year. All right. Okay. Thank you, Bob. Husker Kool-Aid Bob. Always like to hear from Bob. Uh, it's good to hear the optimism. I mean, hey, I, I, I answered the question incorrectly. Way to go, Bob. Yeah. I, I said it starts today. He said, no, no, no. This is the third quarter today, fourth mm-hmm. quarter when the season begins, actually on August 27th in Ireland. So fair enough, Bob. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll take your calls all morning long, 402-464-5685. Call or text, as always. You can tweet at 937-JakeSorenson, at Nick underscore Sander, as well as, as – uh, Sip might be here eventually. We don't know. Just again, if you're just tuning in, say where's Sip at? He is in Indianapolis, I believe. I'm, I'm gonna I, I think. I think. Here, here, here's the, I'm going to read the text right now. So this this is live play by play from uh, at 12:30 this morning, so 11:30 Central Time. Uh, so I told you, Sip was supposed to fly from Omaha to Charlotte mm-hmm. to Indianapolis. Okay, he he got the flight to Charlotte. Okay. The problem is that's a long ways the other direction. <laughs> If you go to Chicago, flights cancel, you just drive down. That's a nine-hour drive, so I believe at least nine hours from Charlotte to Indianapolis. So they caught a late flight to Cincinnati. And he said at 1230 he was waiting on the plane for some damn reason. <laughs> Not done yet. At, tw- at 1 a.m. this time, I'm, a- I'm asleep, go solo tomorrow. We are still trying to get a rental car in Cincinnati. Hope you are doing fine. We'll be lucky to get to Indy by 4 a.m. So that's why Sip's not here. I, I assume he's in the city. I don't know. I assume, where he's I assume Sip's just wandering aimlessly I, around Indianapolis I, I, right now I just, just looking for a ride. Say, are you alive? I understand you're not here, but are, did you make it? I will see if I get a response. But there, there's your live uh, update on SIP. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more from Big Ten Media Days at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis here on Early Break on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. <laughs> 